Welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started. Welcome to the next episode of Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I'm your host, Kant Periala. Here is a disclaimer for all of you, my friends. These are for educational purposes only. This is not a solicitation or an endorsement for any investment. If you listen to this and you do an investment into any of the startups that we are bringing here, you do so at your sole discretion. We recommend highly that you do your own due diligence and make sure you understand the risks. We are not financial advisors. Tokens, in many cases that we are talking about, ICOs are highly risky and you could lose all your invested money. All right, with that, let me introduce to you guys. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest speaker, Mohit Mamoria. Mohit is a 25-year-old, three-times entrepreneur already. He's currently building godtoken.org. <laughs> yes, it is. God Token is like a mutual fund, but it is for crypto assets. So if you have heard of people making money in cryptocurrencies but don't know how to do it, God Token will help you out. They maintain a fund of several crypto assets in various proportions. And as a client, you would invest your money and they would invest your money in return, in turn, into these crypto assets and give you a proportional ownership in the fund and all the profits that it makes over time. Besides that, Mohit loves educating people about blockchain and cryptos. He writes for some of the largest publications, including TechCrunch, The Next Web, Cointelegraph, LinkedIn, Pulse, Factor Daily, Hacker Known, Your Story. And his content has been shared by the likes of New York Times and Coindesk. Without further ado, here is Mohit Mamoria. The reason I had reached out to you, Mohit, is because I found one of your articles on blockchain. And as I read it, not only was I uh, impressed by how clear the description was and how good your examples were, but I've also found those, you actually drew some pictures and I found that quite yes. amazing. <laughs> so why don't we use that as a starting point? I want you to kind of talk about your views on Bitcoin and whether you think it's a long-term play or a short-term play or... Is it guaranteed to be a success, et cetera? And then we will probably move on to the technology behind it. Thanks for having me uh, on your show. I'm delighted that I'll be able to reach new audiences through you. And about the opinion that you have asked, what do I think of Bitcoin or the other currencies? So there are different angles. Like if you think from the user's point of view, you think in a different sort of manner. If you think from an investor point of view, you think on, uh, on a different sort of manner. So from the investor's perspective, uh, it depends like what uh, it is it is both short term and long term uh, what i mean by this is uh, there's few currencies which are which do not have a unique philosophy behind them so so before i say this here's how i think about these coins and these cryptocurrencies or crypto assets i think of them as fuel to a car or a vehicle but each car requires different sort of fuel you cannot just buy a coffee by selling your fuel no not every Crypto asset is a cryptocurrency. Not, 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 so Bitcoin has no use. It, its only purpose is to replace money. But there are other cryptocurrencies which can be used, which, has, which have their own utility, 
uh, within within a closed network, closed economy that runs on blockchain. So, few of these coins started as really unique insight by a really by by some really smart people, and they are doing great. But few other coins uh, just started without any unique insight, and they just copied, uh, they just forked their code, and they started their own network. So, a new coin, but with no different philosophy. So, you can make. good short term money on these me to coins and you can make really long term money like uh, really solid returns in long term by betting on these coins which have uh, which have unique utility but i mean i do not mean at all that these me to coins will never beat the original coin they might if they have some differences but if they do not have any difference the, their only purpose is to the speculate the market uh, uh blow up the market to form uh, to, to to such an extent that people start calling it a bubble so re- really smart investors make money both when the market is up and the market is down so i would say if you if a smart investor you can make really short term money good short term money using uh, these by betting on these me to coins and uh, if you are again as part investor you can make long term money by betting on these coins with the unique philosophy behind them that is from the investor's point of view from user's point of view and society point of view i think these are here to stay in 50 years of time on a time horizon 50 years i'm not ready to believe that will still be controlled like the whole planet will still be controlled by this handful of these organizations that are centered uh, and are run by a few hundred of those uh, human beings i cannot believe that 7 billion people will be run or controlled by this few hundred people on the top and blockchain gives me that uh, what do you mean uh, what do you mean few hundred people on the top who are you referring to so i'm referring to these uh, banks governments uh, uh, the these corporations that started because we wanted them to start but now we depend so much on them that they tend to control us i'll give you a very quick example that something happened in india a uh, few months back so in india there were uh, currency notes of various de- denominations which were in the circulation but one day uh, the uh, one day the government comes out and say hey these two denomination notes will be illegal to carry from today onwards the, what do you have to do then you go to a bank stand in long queues deposit your ba- uh, these notes and convert them into digital money that was one of the insane things that happened because uh, not not just about standing in the queues but people died standing in the queues the facilities were not there uh, the the execution was but they were able to do this we not going to detail but they were able to do this because they control the money so uh, the the 1 billion of this indian population had to face something that they didn't want to face because three guys on the top wanted them to do something we still do not know what was the real intention behind it uh, there is no clue there is no idea but that something happened that effects the same thing happened when happens every time when a home secretary from a country like even united states gives order to drop bombs on a country like syria they they are able to do this because they control money they control us dollars and us dollars is more valuable than any other currencies so that so this these are the reasons what if we can just take away their power and give this power to ourselves that 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 control. They're able to do this because they have the power. But what if we take our power back? That sounds outrageous right now, and it sounded outrageously uh, outrageous for several years. But now we have finally got one glimpse of hope that maybe 
blockchain gives us that technology that we can collaborate and coordinate within ourselves now if we start collaborating coordinate within ourselves or different different uh, areas of our life maybe we do not need these guys on top to control us or tell us what to do maybe we can decide these things on our own this is what i'm referring to a few hundred people controlling some billion people so what you're saying is this whole cryptocurrency idea as an alternative to fiat currencies namely rupees and dollars is a very good one because you're suddenly taking control away from a few people that have it is not a theory they have caused a lot of anguish to a lot of people in the past and mm-hmm. a few people's decision is not something that the whole country might agree with but mm-hmm. still the whole country has to live with it yes so you're seeing ah. it as a positive alternative so ah mm-hmm. so let me ask you i want to get down to basics on this podcast i want to have you explain what is a bitcoin you know just give a few sentences about why it has some characteristics wherein a government or a bank cannot control that currency so can mm-hmm. you give us some idea break yes. it down what is a bitcoin and how is it constructed what are its yes. properties yes i'll do that but um if you allow me to uh, just mention this thing when i say cryptocurrencies i do not just compare them with the fiat currencies cryptocurrencies as i said is fuel to a car so there can be multiple cars one of the car or one of the car is banks so bitcoin is the fuel to that car but there there can be different car which says hey you can you guys can collaborate together for the for to 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 move this complete town on sustainable energy say solar energy by coordination by coordinating within a, uh, yourself uh, using a blockchain so then you do not need uh, the electricity board or the grid to control and uh, specify the prices maybe a town in a town if 100 houses are there 40 houses are, 40 houses can create the solar energy and then supply to other guys and all of this transaction happens on a blockchain through a cryptocurrency so that cryptocurrency has no utility other than this you can go and buy coffee using that cryptocurrency but the that the use case of that cryptocurrency will be within the town on this solar grid so that that is what i meant by cryptocurrencies and removal of the organizations but just like ether is uh, like a uh, like a petrol for paying uh, for computation yeah tokens for token sales etc yes absolutely absolutely uh there's there's another example filecoin filecoin is like decentralized dropbox so you as for the user it doesn't uh, know the user doesn't even know where his file is stored he just knows my file is there backed up 30 times and i i'll get back whenever i want to but instead of paying in dollars i'll pay in something called filecoin now that filecoin's use is only within the network within the uh, you can only use it to pay for storage of file nothing else so fiat currencies are limited by geographies by nations by governments uh, cryptocurrencies are limited by their use cases so this is like the basic fundamental uh, difference that we can settle it okay sounds good to me so now can we go to the yes definition how is a cryptocurrency let's take bitcoin because everybody knows that yes. you can even use ether if you want and so why don't we define one cryptocurrency and another one which is more of a token and less of a currency like you used filecoin for example mm-hmm. so why don't you explain what those are and how they are built and what are their unique properties mm-hmm. how come it was such a breakthrough it's almost like the invention of i don't know tv or airplane or internet like that right it's such a disruptive innovation that has 
so many things we could never do before, never could think of, we are suddenly able to do. What is the properties of uh, the technology behind Bitcoin that makes it possible? Yes. So let's understand. So we'll, stay, we'll stick with Bitcoins because that is what uh, most of the people are aware of. So let's start with this. What is money? Like You have a bank account, right? Uh, you go on your uh, bank's website, you log into your account, and you see some numbers over there. This number is supposed to be your bank balance. What does this number mean? Do you really believe that for all the account holders of the bank, will your bank have the equivalent amount of cash stored within their uh, treasure boxes or treasure houses? Do you think so? Well, for me, uh, money is really something that we all have agreed on. It's nothing more than that. And yes. And banks have virtualized money. So there is somebody that's saying, you have so much and Mohit has so much. You know, let, let's say Mohit has $200, I have $100. And yes. uh, they are a third party that is guaranteeing what I have and what you have. And if I pay you $50, they'll subtract 50 from me and add 50 to you. So first mm-hmm. of all, there are two things going on. First of all, I'm believing that dollar is a currency because US government said so. Mm-hmm. It is nothing but currency is nothing but a belief. Yes. And uh, the second thing is bank is a third party that is guaranteeing the transfer of money from one person to another. Yes. So we are trusting yes. uh, both of these to some extent, but definitely we are trusting the bank to make the transfer of monies happen. So that is why we needed these two entities, the government to create a believable currency and a bank to create trusted transactions. Yes, absolutely. So uh, whatever numbers you see on your bank's website or in your account is money. And this uh, this number is something that we have agreed upon. So money is just a story that we keep that we keep telling ourselves and that we keep telling each other. That's and this is something that we have agreed upon. We have agreed upon this thing, which is a money is just a number in a database. And we do not care if it, it has equivalent amount of cash, if it, if it has equivalent amount of gold uh, backing it. We do not care. Like We have settled with this thing. So if money is just a number in a database, do we really need the protector of the database? Like, Do we need uh, a guard of the database? Or do we need just one person or one organization to be controlling the database? Is it possible that uh, we control our own databases? This profound, this profound question led the, to the invention of uh, something called blockchain and then the Bitcoins that runs on top of it. So Bitcoin is nothing. Bitcoin. So if you have uh, some entry, some numbers in the U.S. government's, uh, in, in, in a U.S. bank's database, it will be denoted by U.S. dollars. If you have some numbers written on a Japanese bank, it will be denoted by yen. If you have some numbers with the Indian bank, it will be denoted by rupees. But if you have a number which is denoted in a universal decentralized ledger or a database, it will be denoted by bitcoins. That is the only difference. The difference comes when it comes to management of the database. And the, data, the, the, the simplistic view that I can show you, that I can give you, is that this database, is, this database, everyone knows about everything in this database. So anyone can go and say, hey, I want to keep a track of this database or I just want to read some transaction in this database and you are free to do so. This database exists on the internet itself. Think of if you just... Do, uh, so do you mind if I just give you a small, quick example? Uh, I want you to give only examples. Like that was what I found in your article that was very useful. 
if you can give a series of examples that breaks it down step by step by step and uh, yes. that will be extremely helpful yes so basically now we only had to uh, now we only have to uh, find a way to manage this database so the simplistic way is to announce it to everyone whenever so suppose there are 10 guys and these five so suppose there are six guys and the six guys wants to say hey we'll just maintain a manager on databases so how do we do it so one of the them say hey let's tell everyone about everything so whenever we will be making a transaction between ourselves we'll announce it to everyone and everyone will make a note of it cool so if a sends something to b he makes an announcement hey i am sending 10 bitcoins to b and everyone makes a transaction uh, record on the uh, on their on, on their uh, files or on their pages saying hey a sent 10 bitcoins to b it's cool if these six guys are sitting in a room and making announcements but what if these six guys are uh, spread across the globe in different countries in different time zones how do we do it then how do we make sure that everyone has made the same entry in the same order how do we agree upon the order of transactions because i sending you something and then you sending me something is entirely different from you sending me first and then i'll sending you the order of transactions is very important so how do we make sure that if there are 10000 guys spread across the world keeping uh, the track of the transactions or the announcements that are happening how do we make sure that all of them agree on the same order how do we uh, make sure that all of them has the same list of transactions at any given point of time so this method of making them agreeing on something periodically is called is is the crux of blockchain and is the crux of bitcoin because because before that we were never able to so think of if i have to make a transaction cc all 10000 of these guys and i can email them hey i am sending 10 bitcoins from my account to uh, kant's account everyone will get the email but everyone will read on their own time so uh, these the people in us read it right now because it's morning and the people in india will read it tomorrow after 12 hours because it's uh, it's about to uh, get night over here so no so therefore the bitcoin the blockchain concept came so this is the, con- the, the the protocol that runs bitcoin it simply states how to coordinate in a decentralized network or how to coordinate in a group of people that are very diverse and scattered and uh, not 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 really uh, synced with, uh, with each other this is what bitcoin protocol is and how it works is if i make a transaction every 10 minutes all of these guys get together and talk over this protocol uh, through some proof work so what happens is suppose i make an announcement i send an email so whoever receives email if uh, after every 50th email so it is agreed upon that after every 50th email we will not accept any more emails we will not read any more emails we will make a we will put this 50 the information on this 50 emails on a piece of paper and then we will lock it and whoever locks it first the, the those list of transactions are uh, are uh, thought to be finalized so those those list of transaction is something that everyone will agree upon so if if in a network of mm-hmm, so each email is each email is representing a transaction each email is referring a transaction and when yes. you have 50 of them you're saying okay you randomly arbitrarily said hey every 50 after every 50 emails or 50 transactions we'll stop we'll process them and then go to the next 50 Yes, yes, yes. So think about these are batches of transactions, and the technical term of this batch of transaction is a block. So what happens is, uh, suppose I'm sitting on my on my computer and I receive fifty emails. I'll uh, see this page. I'll, I'll see uh, this this batch of fifty transaction. I'll then email this thing to everyone else. I'll say, hey, I have confirmed that these are the transactions, and if you're still confirming, 
do not confirm that take me so i have done the work uh, on this page i have sealed this page so take take this batch and append it to append this into your databases and then continue forward so what what happens is now the main so, so the important part is how do you seal this page the seal of sealing of this page is where the cryptography comes into the picture you try to solve a cryptographic puzzle which is uh, a very difficult puzzle to solve so basically this how this puzzle looks like is think of our magic machine where it takes some input on the left and gives some output on the right now the it works something like this if you give a meaningful data on the left now from the input say the number 23 you'll get a very gibberish looking data on the right hand side so you'll get a b c d e f something like this on the right it it make no sense and then you cannot just map from 23 to a b c d e f and it is very improbable a very difficult thing to just reverse engineer so you cannot just go back put a reverse formula reverse magic machine and you can go back from a b c d e to 23 that is it is not possible so these are two properties of this magic machine which is if you feed same number multiple times you'll get the same gibberish looking data on the right hand side the same every time but if i give you the right hand side data and i ask you to predict the left and the what must have been the input you'll never you you'll never be able to figure it out the only way to figure it out is by guessing you just guess i'll just say what number should must have been passed on the left hand side such that the output comes out to be 000 ab now you can just go back uh, you just cannot reverse engineer the input you'll have to keep guessing from starting from 0 1 2 3 4 up to millions of times such that you eventually get 000 ab so this is how this uh, ceiling works so suppose uh, just not not just imagine now it would have been uh, really helpful if there could be any visual component but still let let me try doing it uh, through audio only so now imagine i'll give you two boxes in box there is a number 200 and in another box i'll ask you to fill another number such that when the the, the contents of these two boxes are summed up together and then fed to this magic machine it yields three reading zero and then anything else so 000 ab or 0012 000 cd anything else but it must start with three leading zeros how do you do it because you can just reverse engineer you'll have to do a lot millions of guesses to reach to that number now optimistically speaking now suppose that number that you had to fill in the second box was 700 so 200 plus 700 is 900 you put in the magic machine and you get 000 ab bingo you have just found a number that satisfies this arbitrary rule so now this number now if the contents of the batch or of the block were just the number 700 the c the the content would be have the if the contents would have been 200 the ceiling the seal would look like something like num- the number 700 so 700 seals the number 200 if you have to any time verify if the contents of the page were modified all you have to do is add up add the content of the page with the ceiling number you feed feed into the magic machine and if the output is not starting with 000 you can be sure that the content the contents have been compromised so this is how you seal uh, the contents of a page a block basically you everyone after the same 50 transactions they'll have to make a batch of these transactions and then they'll have to they also have to seal it with another number such that when the contents of the page contents of the transaction uh, contents of the batch and the ceiling number are appended together and then fed to this magic machine the output must start with three leading zeros as soon as the first one who is able to find the ceiling number they send an email to all all of them and saying hey i have found the ceiling number please uh, verify and if it works for your page to cool if not use my page so eventually so 
one guy will be there to find it first he'll tell everyone else everyone else makes note of those 50 transactions on the on the main database and they start continuing collecting collecting more transactions they seal it so whoever does it first announces it to everyone else and uh, is also rewarded because for for his hard work otherwise he has no incentive to do so so much of hard work because everyone else is doing so they must have been some incentive to do it and that incentive is the cryptocurrency and who decides who is the winner first one is the winner and that is decided by that is not decided by anyone the first one to announce so if i am still calculating my numbers and if i receive someone else's number it is a software thing Yes, it is written in the software. Yeah, like it is written. Yeah. I was just trying to get that out that it is programmed into the software. It cannot be tampered. It's an automatic thing. So you can oh, have yes. people trying for that, and the first person that gets the number is automatically the winner. Yes, yes, and yes. gets rewarded, and the whole thing is sealed. Yes. So the you can the the inputs to this you know this process is the entire blockchain that you have so far, and the new block. So mm-hmm. if anything is changed anywhere in the in the database. the the end result is completely different yes so input to this magic machine are three things in reality now which is the contents of the current page or the contents of the current block the random number that you have to guess uh, to uh, satisfy the arbitrary and third is the output of the magic machine of the previous page so previous page magic machines output would look something like 00012 that is also over there so if something changes in the previous page that changes the output of the magic machine even if it starts with three leading zeros it will be different output so 000 ab then uh, it will change the uh, uh, the output of the current page so eventually if any point of time even in 5 uh, years uh, back if anyone tries to change something in one page in one transaction that gets reflected immediately on the current page itself and that is how you can backtrack you can ignore you can dump the uh, all of the pages from where the problem began and you can copy from someone else's to continue your chain so let's say there were 50 blocks in the past in the blockchain right mm-hmm. and the end result of, of all of that is one hash as it's called i guess so and that is one input and then there is a second input which is your uh, current block mm-hmm. and the third one is the one you're guessing yes to get the fourth one which is a designated pro- formatted 000 something uh, yes. style of a hash so the third one is what you're guessing and what everybody is guessing so if there are six people competing for this all six mm-hmm. of them are running a computer program that is generating this third number randomly and putting all these three into that magic machine and looking at the output did i get a zero oh i got only 012 okay th- now i got 001 oh, now i got 00 Zero A B something. Oh, I got it. So, yes. and that all has to happen in a specific amount of time, right? Yes. So that is not that that is not something that has to happen. But uh, the protocol itself, the software itself, is written such that if it takes longer than that, uh, it decreases the. Uh, so if it so in the software in the Bitcoin software, it is written that each page must be see must must be added in the chain uh, almost on average every ten minutes. like if it sees that uh, there are so many huge computers that are able to compute this uh, on average in next in just 2 minutes so it will be required that uh, so it will adjust the difficulty what what do you mean by difficulty so now suppose if you had to find a number that starts that started with three leading zeros you'll be asked to find a number that starts with four leading zeros such that so difficulty is adjusted such that the average time of uh, sealing one page 
stays around 10 minutes amazing amazing and uh, so that those are the blocks and that is a blockchain so block is nothing but what happened in those 50 emails or last 10 minutes of transactions and a blockchain is nothing but a chain of these blocks since the beginning of bitcoin in this case right yes 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 so yes. that whole thing but blockchain is can be viewed as simply a database it's nothing but yes. each block of data is added and it is a it's a new uh, newly architected it's a new form of a database as far as i see but uh, yes. where are the copies the other thing that i keep hearing is the copies of this blockchain are at different places who who has copies of this everyone has copies of this so if your computer is running uh, this uh, uh, the game of uh, solving the cryptographic puzzle you have a copy of blockchain so basically what happens is everyone who is keeping track of uh, the transactions so there is no central place where this copy is saved if all the computers go down the blockchain there there will be no copy of the database like uh, this thing works because and everyone has a copy of uh, this database within their own computers if you shut down a computer you'll be uh, you'll go away from the network now if you want to join so suppose after two days you join the network again uh, first you will see what other transactions that happened behind my back you will copy that portion of the database from someone else's who was up when you were down and then after that you continue working uh, guessing calculating this random number so everyone has a copy and uh, there is no single place where this copy is kept secured like in 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 a lock or safe sort of way so it is not the buyer and seller of bitcoin that has a copy of the database but it is the it is the people that are trying to complete the transaction the block yes that have yes. a copy of the database so that is one clarification now yes. every one of those has a copy so what happens if there are a thousand people or teams competing to solve the problem now but 10 minutes later it's 2000 mm-hmm. right does it have to be the same teams every 10 minutes or can it be different and how is the algorithm replicating the data back to everybody these we we call them nodes so these nodes can be different so uh, what is these, a, what is a node so node is a computer that is running this program uh, so a node is a computer that is competing to solve this problem yes yes okay yes. okay so uh, so uh, uh, nodes are incentivized to stay up and connected to the network because uh, if they are able to solve this puzzle uh, if they are uh, able to uh, uh, win the competition for the next phase they'll be rewarded with some free bitcoins that will be minted out of thin air and will be given to them uh, so they're incentivized to do, do, do to do so so the chances are they'll be same not uh, just as a plug here that's right now 12.5 bitcoins every 10 yes. minutes and each bitcoin is roughly 4 or 5000 so that's you're almost talking about 50 to 60000 dollars worth of bitcoins are rewarded every 10 minutes so there's a lot of incentive for people to really work hard to make that bitcoins yes 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 yeah, that's then, i want to plug that in because people might be wondering why are so many people like crazy competing to validate these transactions because the reward is very very juicy in fact it is more it's getting better and better every day because bitcoin price is increasing yes and also to control the uh, su- the unlimited supply of the bitcoins the reward gets halved every 4 years so now it's 12.5 uh, after after a few years it will go back to uh, half of 12.5 some 7.25 no uh, 6.25 yeah 6.25 and 4 years ago it was uh, double that 25 and 4 years before that it yes. was 50 50 it started at 50 
right? It started with 50. And, but at that time, Bitcoin was worth uh, probably a few okay. cents. So, yeah. I mean, those 50 Bitcoins, they only gave you a couple of dollars. So it was not worth mining. So only two, three people probably sitting in their homes were doing on their computers. But then when it became 25 Bitcoins, it was probably more like 500 or $1,000, somewhere between 15, $20,000. So it became a big competition now. Yes. yes and now yes. it is insane. Even though all that I'm saying is, even though the price of uh, the reward is becoming half, the price of Bitcoin is more than doubling to make up for the loss. Yes, so it's yeah. becoming more and more exciting to mine Bitcoins today than when they were giving away 50 Bitcoins, as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> But anyway, yes, let's yes. go back to your nodes. So, yeah, we have the nodes uh, that are running. Yes. And, so, uh, nodes, yes. So, nodes can anytime go out of the network and they can join back the network. Uh, so, here's how it works. So, if if you are a node and you, and you and you connect to a network, the first thing that you have to do is download all of the blockchains. All of the transactions that happened till now from the very first transaction on the blockchain uh, on, on, of Bitcoin. So you'll download all of the uh, data on your computer first, and then you'll start competing for the next page. Uh, if now you decide to go out of the network, probably you, ju you just want to uh, upgrade your machines. So you'll be offline for a few hours. You can go immediately. Next time you come back, you'll see, you'll say, hey, I already have uh, this much, this portion, this much, this uh, percentage of the data already with me. So from that point onwards, I'll fetch this data from the other peers. So I'll connect to uh, three more other, uh, the, uh, few other nodes. I'll say, hey, do you have data beyond this point? If they have, they'll download it for you. So the same protocol that uh, powers torrent-like uh, thing, where you can download a movie from your from hundreds of peers across the globe by down by fetching several portions from different different uh, uh, peers. The same thing happens when downloading the blockchain. You fetch several portions of the blockchain from several different computers and eventually you arrange this into a blockchain on a computer and then you start the uh, computation and then you start participating in the competition then onwards. Yeah, I, I got it. How each one is updated every time that they want to, you know, they want to become a node. The, basically, the blockchain is completely updated. Yes. So the only, the only way to break this, is it a simple majority? So I have to find out which are all the nodes and convince 51% of the nodes to commit fraud together. But even then it is hard because everything is encrypted. Yes. So oh, oh, there are two things. Whatever is written in the blockchain previously, that cannot be changed. So that is what we mean by immutability. Uh, immutability means resistance to change. That cannot be changed whatever has been written. And something recent enough, so say, Two pages ago, whatever was written is still susceptible to the change as compared to whatever was written two years ago. So the more older, uh, so the so older the, uh, uh, the 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 data in the blockchain is, the secure it is. Now, now, so the only thing that can happen with blockchain, the fraud can happen on the current page. Like, or if on the current page I do something fishy and then uh, distribute it to everyone else, then that that is a problem. So what happens with 51% attack, which people refer to as, is if you convince 51% uh, of the majority to uh, write wrong things, dishonest things on their page, then find the ceiling number of that page and then distribute to other 14% of the, of the uh, network, everyone will agree because majority says, hey, this is the ceiling number, these are the content, then everyone will, be, uh, will agree to this thing. Then it is thought that it can be thought of like the whole blockchain will fall flat, but then the problem, uh, so, but 
no one will be incentivized to do so it will be more like a suicide attack if you if if in a network the value of bitcoin is 5000 dollars because there is a huge network honest network behind it if half of the network turns dishonest that value will eventually go to zero so this dishonest 51% will might have all the bitcoins with themselves but the value of those bitcoins will be a couple of dollars again so they are not incentivized to commit fraud they're not, because if they commit fraud the trust of the people will go away and whatever fraud committed whatever money they took uh, in bitcoins it will be worth nothing the rest of the world will uh, start will not value whatever they uh, whatever whatever they stole so that is why it is not incentivized for anyone in the blockchain to do so great so that explains the the security so why did they need the decentralization hmm. this is a good question <laughs> so uh thing uh, okay now suppose um, now suppose you i ask you hey kant can you send me 1000 dollars because i need them right now how do you do it you call up your bank manager he is and you say hey transfer 1000 dollars from my account to mohit's account he'll listen to you he'll make this note of the transaction on the database and as soon as the transaction in the database is um, written down your 1000 dollars belongs to me now there could be three things that might have happened one what if he misheard whatever you said and instead of 1000 dollars he wrote 10000 dollars uh, you cannot do it uh, you cannot do anything with it now what if he heard it right but he miswrote it on the page so what if he he made a genuine mistake while making the note of this transaction the second thing that might happen or what if a third thing your bank manager is my best friend and he just wanted to be dishonest and he wanted to uh, uh, just just steal away money from you and give it to me because we had a deal behind the scenes and i'll pay him half of that things might happen because then you depend so much on one guy because at the end of the day when you say bank eventually eventually at the bare bare bone level there will be one guy that you'll be dealing with when you deal with one guy you trust that guy till now we had been assuming that we can trust these guys then the smart people among us started asking this question what if they are not trustworthy this is a profound question to be asked that what's that, that is what led to the decentralization now what if sometimes these people who control all of this go corrupt or change the rule that do, that uh, change the rules that do not favor us they can do so and we cannot do anything just like with demonetization uh, several uh, uh, denomination uh, were just um, were just, just labeled illegal and we cannot we, and we could not do anything of it we just had to follow what they were whatever they had to say to initially years back decades back centuries back we put these people on top as leaders so that they can tell us what to do when we cannot coordinate between ourselves so if we you and i fight we either we will just fight with our power with our physical strength and I, one of us will kill the other or we decided hey let's go to this third guy let's hear out his wisdom and whatever he will say he will follow because he is unbiased that is how trust evolved in the in the early days but eventually we have started depending on these guys so much that this third guy they dictate what we should do even if we do not need them they come to our doors and say hey now you do this now you do that and we'll have to follow it because we have given them so much of leverage leverage of trust is the large, is the biggest leverage that you can give to someone that is what we do not like if we we have found that we have found a way to coordinate or collaborate within ourselves 
without these third people, uh, these the, the third parties out there. And that is why decentralization. Now we do not have to depend on these guys who were supposed to deliver trust as the service. Now we have the trust as a service delivered by the software, by the protocol, by the code, zeros and ones, by the binaries of the computer, by the, by the electricity. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so the, the trust is now not in an, a single entity, but it is in a decentralized system. Hmm. And uh, theoretically, nobody knows who those are, right? Yes. And you have several mechanisms in place to prevent fraud and prevent tampering and all of that. So yes. by relegating trust to technology and decentralizing it, we have made it possible for us to give trust to a system, but not have that system control us in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if there has to be any change that has to be made in the system, people who are running the system, people who are, or, or who are using the system has to agree on the change. Like if there has to be even a small change in the software that is used to run on these nodes, it must be agreed upon by everyone and everyone must update their software on the computers. Otherwise, the blockchain will not function. That is the power of this thing that one guy or one company or one corporation or one country cannot just say this is how the things will be. To, change, to make any small or large change, they'll have to convince all of the community, or at least majority of the community, because the other, the other, the other, other, the rest of the major, the rest, the rest of the community will just follow the majority. So convince the majority of the community that this is a good change, and if you can do it, and anyone can go and start uh, convincing. Even you can, you have power to just go and put uh, forth your thoughts. Hey. Bitcoin should not do this and instead do this because this is this solves these three problems that Bitcoin is currently facing. And if majority, majority of the people agree to your thing, they'll make the required changes in the software and hey, you just made a huge impact by being nobody and still everybody. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So, and this whole thing is the technology behind Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is just one possible cryptocurrency or token that can be launched on this technology. Am I right? Yes. Okay. What is your take on Bitcoin? Do you, do you think Bitcoin will become the cryptocurrency of the future or it may not, or it doesn't matter. Let the future decide. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mr. Last sentence, what was it? Do you, what is your expect? Is Bitcoin going to become the cryptocurrency of the future or is it going to be something else or it doesn't matter uh, which one will turn out to be the currency of the future? Yes, yes. Now let's, uh, uh, let, let's see, uh, take a look at some numbers. So there are around, there are around 3000 cryptocurrencies in the world. Out of those 3,900 of those, almost 900, 900 of those are actively traded. So uh, they are traded on, on a daily basis. I do not believe that in a really long time, all these 900 of these cryptocurrencies will still be around. I believe that most of these currencies will converge into uh, maybe nine or 10 different currencies, each with its own use case. And that is all there will be. What do I think of Bitcoin? I think right now, Bitcoin is exploding and it is the best, like, uh, best cryptocurrency that can, uh, can be out there because the um, most number of people are... Uh, participating as nodes on this network. That's why it is, it is the best one. More the nodes, more trust in the network. But now the problem, there's a problem with Bitcoin. Almost 85 to 90% of these 
miners or nodes are based out of China. Now, what happens is if now China China is able to do this because it requires commutation. Manufacturing hardware in China is easy. Some states in China get free electricity through hydroelectricity, and they are situated in the valley of Himalayas, at the bed of Himalayas. So they are uh, naturally cool, uh, and they don't have to add more electricity, more spend more uh, money to cool down to to cool down the computers. These three factors give game result that most of these miners will be uh, located in China. But trust of this system was built on the philosophy that because these guys are spread throughout the globe. Are diverse and have and have no uh, no 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 and have no way to communicate to each other. That is what provides the trust in the system. But now, when ninety percent of these guys are situated in one country with the similar incentives, with the similar upbringing, with the similar biases, how can we be sure that they will not start influencing the whole 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 protocol in in a manner that favors them? Like I'm not saying they they'll just steal away the money. I'm just saying. They might start influencing the protocol such that they can make some changes like this. So they they can say, hey, to enter the com- competition, one node must satisfy these hardware requirements. Now, these hardware requirements could be so bizarre that only China Chinese people can do it. No, no, and it will be too expensive for anyone else to do it. If that happens, all almost eventually all the all the miners will be in China with the same biases, and they so. That is what is causing the problem with bitcoins, and that that is why you keep hearing about forks happening in Bitcoin because a large majority of miners are in China. So whenever a developer in US or a different country proposes a change which contradicts uh, to the to the uh, to the to the solution provided by these miners, it uh, it, it creates a situation of of a fork. So so the users and developers say, hey, we want to go this way because it will democratize and diversify the whole blockchain. The miners say, no, 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 we want to. Go. Uh, we want to adopt this uh, solution and run this software so that it doesn't hamper our incentives and uh, our, and still incentivize us. So that is why this happens. So this is the one problem where I feel Bitcoin might not be the currency uh, in 50-year time frame, but I think it it is here to stay for next 10 years at least. But I believe mm-hmm. there will be other currencies, a cryptocurrency, which will start and which will have these protocols, these these checks in place such that. Uh, miners cannot just converge on one region geographically or based on any sort of community or religion or gender or any 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 sort of uh, common grounds. So I think uh, Bitcoin is a good protocol. Bitcoin is a good cryptocurrency, but it has its flow. It has its flaws, and uh, just like with every internet businesses, uh, first is rarely the winner. Uh, it is entirely possible that a different currency might come up, which will be uh, resistant to these things, uh, these problems that Bitcoin faces, and just goes past the Bitcoin and become the currency of the future. But Bitcoin is still here for at least next five six years. I do not doubt that. But in long time horizon of say fifty years, I find it very hard to believe that Bitcoin will be the currency of the future. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Nights. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io.